You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. But what about those small business masterminds who succeed at making their money work harder? They do that by having a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, which now earns 5% annual percentage yield. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Hi, and welcome to Out of Office, the podcast about life and leadership. I'm your host, Malika Kapoor. If you're joining me today for the first time, thank you. And if you've listened to an episode before and are tuning in again, welcome back. As an editor at Bloomberg Live, my job involves organizing summits around the world at which we interview some of the biggest names in business, politics, and entertainment. We were thrilled to have Jennifer Morgan of SAP join us at Bloomberg's The Year Ahead Summit in Davos, Switzerland. She's been in the news a lot this past year. You may remember she was named co-CEO of SAP along with Christian Klein in October 2019, becoming the first woman to hold that position. On stage, Jen talked about disruption and activism. She had her CEO hat on there. A day later, I caught up with her at the SAP Lounge, a haven in the middle of the bustling Davos promenade, and here we talked about things newsmakers typically don't get asked about when they're on stage or in their office. The advice she lives by. If you focus on the people, the numbers will follow. And it's so true. Her thoughts on equality. Women are ready to leave. Underrepresented minorities ready to lead. On family. I always joke because I said I never thought I'd find some an, uh, find a man who could be more proud of me than my father. My husband has surpassed that. And, and, and if you met my father, it would be hard to believe. <laughs> and that one thing she can't do without. I wish I had that gene where I only needed four hours of sleep. I don't. I need seven or eight. Like I and 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 I and I'm you know a lot of people are, are ashamed to admit that I'm I'm coming out. I need eight hours of sleep. Okay, it's okay. <laughs> and that's really what this podcast is about. It's a freewheeling, informal, intimate conversation that helps us understand the person behind the big name. So here it is, out of office with the wonderfully inspiring Jennifer Morgan. Jen, it's so good to have you with us. Thank you for your time. It's great to be here with you in Davos, and this is my first time here. In Davos? It is. My Mine too. It is? <laughs> yes. Okay, so yes. what do you, what do you think? <laughs> you begin. You okay, okay. Me. I'm turning the tables. Yes. Um, I, I think it's really great. I mean, it's amazing to see this beautiful city transformed into a city. Yeah, right? yeah, it's um, supposed to be just a sleepy truly, village otherwise, yes, right? Truly transformed. And it and to be able to see and uh meet with so many people from all around the world. You and I just met and yes. it's amazing to just hear people's stories. But the learning, you know, it's really great to just take time out. I'm a big believer you have to 
pull yourself out, find stillness and reflect and learn in new places from new people and in new ways. So I'm taking it all in, in that spirit. Yeah, it is pretty cool. I have right? to say there's a good energy and the conversations are amazing. Yes, yes. You're often introduced as the first female CEO of SAP, the first female CEO on the tax index. How does that description sit with you? Oh, that's a good question. You know, um, on the one hand, I'm, I'm, it's an honor and, I, and I'm humbled by it. On the other hand, you know, it makes me sad that, you know, it's taken this long to be able to celebrate a milestone like this. Right. So I'm proud of SAP because they've set set the bar, you know, um, with, with this, but it's a low bar. Right. And, and we have to, that, that should be a bar we, we all are aiming to raise. And so I do feel, you know, I do feel a sense of responsibility to make sure that we're thinking differently about talent. And, you know, we, we've got to change our, the mindset that we have and maybe what, what ready looked like, you know, in terms of moving to the next step for the last 20 years, it's different today. And we have to adjust our mindset because people are ready. Women are ready to leave underrepresented minorities ready to lead. You know, we say that. And at the same time, I was startled when I came across the statistic today. And that is, do you know, the female participation level at Davos at the World Economic Forum, it's 24%. Which is which has gotten much higher from what it's been. Correct. Right? It was like seventeen percent about right. three years ago. Right. But that's a huge disappointment, isn't it? It is. It is. At the same time, I've I've met a lot of really amazing people, a lot of amazing women who have been here, people from all over the world. And so I have a sense of optimism and hope because uh there's a lot of talented experienced people here. I, I got some great advice today. I have to, I, on this spirit, I have to tell you, I'm, I'm asking for a lot of advice to many of the CEOs that I'm running into today. Because uh, it's my first hundred days. And I said, okay, what advice do you have? You know, if you look back on your first hundred days, what do you wish you knew? And so one of the pieces of advice I got, and I got this from Michael Dell, he gave me great advice, was around um, making sure that, you know, you obviously spend a lot of time with your executive leadership team but your leadership team right below them, making sure that you are giving them an opportunity and, and understanding from them their thoughts around where we should be taking the company, their parts of the business, how they think, and actually spending real quality time, bringing them offsite, almost having a, an ELT-like you know, offsite for a couple of days, learning from each other, understanding where to take the company so that you're giving this next set of leaders the opportunity to really experience that, to be part of that, to get to know each other, right? Because it's not just about who you're working for. It's the people around you in that tapestry of talent. And how do you engage with your peers? How do you help your peers? And I thought that was really good advice. And I think it's important for leaders to, um, again, not just, not just pay attention to what's immediately around you. The next, whether, it's, whether it's people, whether it's what's happening you know, in the business or different parts of the world, it, it, it will give you a broader perspective. That is great advice, absolutely. Yeah. And that person-to-person contact, right? Yes. To get to know the people. You learn so much from your people. It's amazing. But, you, but it takes time. And, sure. you know, and so his point was, take the time to do that. So your first 100 days, what are you proudest of? I know it's very early, but oh you know, since, you've, since you've done some reflecting on your first 100 days. I think I'm very proud as a co-CEO um, of how Christian and I have come together, you know, co-CEO model. We get a lot of questions about how does this co-CEO thing work? (laughs) 
How do you and, divide and conquer? Right. So all very good questions. And I think what I'm really proud of is we have, we have a history together of working together. But what I think I'm very proud of is how from literally the moment we found out about this, we came together. We already had a foundation of trust and collaboration, but we cemented that in a whole new way and committed to each other and committed to, you know, where we want to take the company. And I thought that was very important. And then, and then not just doing that behind closed doors, but really modeling that and showcasing the power of co-leadership and partnership to our people. And so I think that was probably something I'm very, very proud of because there's a lot of power in that. Uh, you know, it's, you have to spend more time, obviously, when there's two of you, you have to spend more time together. You have to have a really strong uh, mutual agreement and focus on the strategy and, and the vision of what you want to do. You have to be very visible together, sure. communicating that. Partners. Absolutely. And at the same time, when it comes to the execution and the day-to-day -day operations, you have to trust and be able to divide and conquer according to what you both do really well. You know success when you see it. Or you think you do. The people in the spotlight. Athletes, actors, artists. But what about the people behind the scenes? You know, the ones who make it all happen. The lighting engineers, the sideline photographers, the caterers. They're small business masterminds. And if there's one thing they have in common, it's making their money work harder. That's why they have a business bank account with QuickBooks Money, where they are now earning a generous 5% annual percentage yield. Yes, 5% APY. Making your money work as hard as you do? That's how you business differently. Learn more about QuickBooks Money at quickbooks.com slash 5APY. Banking services provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Only funds and envelopes earn APY. APY can change at any time. So when you were offered the big job, did you have a moment of hesitation? Did you doubt yourself at all? So there were, I remember something very distinctly in my career. This was probably, um, you know, this was probably about 10 years ago or so, maybe a little less, but I was, I was a second line leader and, and I had a pretty good sized team and the next role would have been a pretty big role running, you know, running a national business. And I went to have a skip level discussion. So this was at the, this was with Rob Enslin at the time. And I, I mentioned him and, um, and he, and we, so we were just having a great career discussion. He asked me well, when, you know, when will you, when do you think you'll be ready to, you know, to take on this next role? Cause he was clearly supportive. I mean, right. otherwise like I wouldn't be in his office. And I said, you know, I think I need another year. Now at the time, I didn't think anything of it. The meeting finished, you know, I, I, I you left. You just said it. Yeah. And I, I, I moved on. I didn't process anything at that time. It wasn't until I was at a leadership event that SAP sent me to an external event and where there had, you know, where I was able to go and listen to different, um, different leaders talk about their experiences. And there was a woman there who, who had, who was quite accomplished. And she told a story Basically, similar, the same story that I just told you, but in, it was in her career. And she said, look, and she made a joke. She said, if you go out on the sidewalk of New York City, because yeah. we were in New York City, and you, uh, and you go up to a man and you, and you say, hey, you know what? You'd make a great president. You should run for president. You know, he'd be like, you know what? You're right. Absolutely. And, and you go to a woman who's like, you've been in Congress, who's got all kinds of experience. And you say that to her, she'd say, you know what? I just need a She'd say, I need a little bit more time. Which is exactly And what that's what I did. 
And I realized that why, you know, first of all, the men are doing it right. Right. I mean, and that was so eye opening that I not only was I holding myself back, I was actually explaining to somebody else why he should hold me back. I mean, it's crazy. But so so many women do that. (laughs) Well, luckily he did promote me. So so that took care of itself. But I but I, I went back and told him that story and said, yeah, I did. He always he believed in me before I believed in myself, you know, so he was never. But but it was just a really and I tell that story to women a lot. Yeah, because we don't realize that we hold ourselves back in these small little ways. We and, and we're like literally giving people a reason. Yes, to wait on us. Right. Right. So anyway, that was my learning. But I don't do that anymore. One of the things you've done at SAP which blew me away was the huge effort you made to fight for pay parity. Mhm. Yes. This was in North America when I was president of North America, so it was a few years ago. But I wanted to make sure that I wanted the science and the facts behind, you know, making any statements and making sure that I could absolutely claim with the facts and knowledge behind it that that we were paying people equally for equal work. And so what we did is we did a very detailed study and we found that within 1% of the population, um, we, there were some differences, right? That, but 1% is 100% wrong. But what was really interesting about that 1% is my, my assumption was that they would all be women. And guess what? They weren't all women. Really? Yes. But that is very Isn't that interesting. interesting. And that was my assumption too. And that's not, that is our so we have an unconscious bias. We completely right? do. We completely do. So I learned a Actually, lot I'm from that. that I, bias, but, uh, but it's yes. about equality. So it was a great exercise in that we, you know, we fixed what we needed to fix. And, and I learned something through that process. And um, yeah, so that was an interesting experience for me. You said something very interesting on stage yesterday, which struck me. And you talked about um, being promoted. Sometimes people can get promoted when you're not quite ready. Yes. So talk to us about that. Tell me more. So I'll go back to when this was in 2014. And I was um, running a a piece of our business, some of the industries in North America. And I was promoted uh, to be the president of our North American business. Now, at that time, there were a few things happening. That was just around the time when SAP was just starting our shift into the cloud. We just, you know, had started the acquisitions. We had just acquired success factors. And, and as you know, all the disruption tends to happen in North America and make its way through the rest, of the, rest of the world. True. So the business was really, you know, and, and, and North, our North American business had had kind of a, a revolving door of leaders over the prior couple, couple years or so, two or three years. So it was a little bit of a... Unsettled time. Uncertain, un- unsettled is the right word. And so when, so when I was promoted, I was promoted two steps into that role. And it was surprising, shocking to people, to some people. Wow, that's great. It's awesome, Jen. But wow. And people were very surprised because it was basically, I stepped in front of other people who maybe were, quote, you know, in line. Supposed to be next in supposed line. Supposed to be next in line. And what I learned through that process is, uh, well, it worked out okay, number one. So yes. it worked out okay. <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and, but, but, what it, but, but what it was a very visible, what I, what I really appreciated, and this was, I give Bill McDermott credit because I know he had to take probably a lot of slack for, for making that call. And he believed and he demonstrated that 
you know, ready is not defined by, you know, a, a bunch of criteria. It's defined by somebody's ready. He had a definition of ready and, and I fit that. And I learned from that because it made me realize that I needed to think very differently about maybe the way I learned to think about the number of years or the number of experiences that you needed before you were ready for a, a move in your career, whether it be a move upward or a lateral move into a completely different part of, you know, the business. So I, I just think that if, 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 if we think about succession based on who we think is ready, you're going to have a much smaller pool, a much less diverse pool, and you're going to miss an opportunity to see um, some pretty amazing talent come alive. And I was talking to somebody the other day and they were telling me they, they had taken a, a new role. And they said, wow, Jen, they were doing skip, skip levels. And he said, I cannot believe the amazing talent that I had no idea existed. And, and the second thing was most of them were women that he was, ha happened to be women that he was talking about. And so the point is back to the advice that Michael Dell gave me, you never know if, if you don't seek out and spend the time and engage, you don't know what gems are out there and ready. That's right. Yeah. Someone has to take that chance yes. and, and do it. But how did you feel? Oh my gosh. I think if you, if I knew then what I know now, I'd probably be a little bit more scared. Right. It's a good thing. But I had at the time, I had a great um, boss who spent a lot of time with me. I remember literally we would spend hours and you know what we spent all of our time on? People. Because what he, what he, what he yeah. talked to me about, this was Rob Enslin, who, who I worked for, um, what he talked to me about, I mean, he drilled this into my head. We would sit in his office for hours and hours with the whiteboard, going through people, succession, talking about development of certain people, you know, where we could move people in terms of where, you know, where they could shine and the opportunities we can give. And what he taught me is, you got to spend time on that and be, and because it's all about the people. If you think about where you want to take the business, you have to, you know, you have to have your strategy, but if you don't have the right people, you'll never scale. You'll never be able to do it all. And you don't know everything. So that was one of the biggest learnings that I had is that time that he spent with me and how much he drilled that into my head. And then I learned that, um, if you focus on the people, the numbers will follow. And it's so True. I really believe that. And, and that has always worked for me. How would you describe your leadership style? Definitely uh, authentic, very open. Gosh, it's hard to put it into words. I would say very authentic, open, curious, engaging, high expectations. I see your colleague nodding about mm -hmm. high expectations. Perfect. Yeah, I, I use the term perfectly imperfect a lot because I think that as leaders, as when, 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 you, when you grow up watching great leaders, you, you think that they have it all figured out. But what, but what you don't know until you become a leader is what happens. There's a lot going on behind the curtain. Not everything is perfect. No, of course not. And yeah. so I, I, I believe it's important to expose people to, you know, um, to just the reality, you know, because that's how you learn. So I think it's important to, you can't always have all the answers. You know, you have to be honest when you, when maybe you don't know the right approach and you need to engage people to help you solve a problem. Um, you have to solicit feedback. I'm, I'm, I, am, I believe radical honesty is very important, but two-way radical honesty. When I do performance reviews, which performance reviews for me are not a formal performance review, a performance review is every day when you're working with people, 
it's it's easy to give feedback when you when you walk out of a meeting or a presentation or you know you, you get a you get a piece of work that you're talking about it's really easy to just give somebody very quick feedback on something and when when that becomes just part of how you work all of a sudden people don't they're not scared of getting feedback and they want more mm. because it's not done in a threatening way exactly it's and if you and if yeah. if people know you have a heart and you care about them and you're authentic and you're willing to show that you're not always perfect then well, that then you makes you trust each other you trust each other and vulnerability i believe is a very powerful thing in leadership and vulnerability does not mean being weak it actually means you have confidence in yourself to know you know what you're good at what you need to continue to learn how you can surround yourself with great people so i wasn't very articulate in giving you that answer because it's no, just it's, it's more of a feeling and it's you know it's it's how you engage and and spend time with people you're now leading one of the biggest companies in the world it's a global company it's a giant do you have time for yourself <laughs> so um one of the things that I have learned uh, through trial and error is somebody shared an analogy with me. They said, you know, if you think about an athlete, you know, an athlete makes sure that they're training, they're getting sleep, they're fueling their body with great food because they have to perform. Leaders have to think the same way. You have to not only take care of your body, but your brain and your brain needs rest. Your brain needs sleep. Um, it needs stillness to be able to process and open itself up to new ideas. So. I sleep. I am. I wish I had that gene where I only needed four hours of sleep. I don't. I need seven or eight. Like I and and, and I and I'm. You know, a lot of people are are ashamed to admit that. I'm. I'm coming out. I need eight hours of sleep. Okay, it's okay. (laughs) Right. So sleep is key for me. Yes. And um and so is I, I try to exercise. But what I've learned is that um I had to change my mindset of not everything can be the hour long. Go to the gym. I love, I, I'm, a, I'm a big Peloton fan and Peloton, the app has lots of different workout classes. Literally, they have five, 10, 15, 20 minute classes, little micro segments on, you know, you want to do a quick run on a treadmill for 10 minutes, some, some sit-ups, you know, for, and I love that because it changes your mindset because you can't say no to, okay, I can do 15 minutes of movement. So I, I try to just fit in movement and motion alongside a sleep and, um, and just have fun and be present. And, and that has helped me make sure I get balance. And, and you have to pull yourself away from work. It, it's, it's, it's interesting because we all work so much and there's always something on the to-do list. Okay, like the, there's always a list, right? So do tell me about uh, your husband. I believe you met in your first job. Yes. And you have two teenage boys. I have boys. two boys, yes. So my husband and I met at Anderson Consulting, and we have a lot of friends who also met because, you know, a lot of folks came right out of college. So lots of our friends also got married, and it, it was just a great time to meet, you know, meet a lot of great people. And and so we, I went to a company called Siebel, uh, and he was still at um, Accenture. We had our first son. When it came time for me to go back to work, we kind of didn't have a whole daycare situation. We, we just, I think, were in um, denial that, you know, this was coming. And at that time, that was around the time of the dot-com kind of meltdown where lots was happening and Accenture, uh, a lot of consulting companies, service-based companies at that time said, you know what, anybody who wants to take a sabbatical will pay you 20% of your salary and your benefits because they want to keep the talent they have. But but the first thing that the clients were, you know, putting on hold was we're we're consulting, you know, and billable resources. 
So my husband came home and said, you know what? When else am I going to have an opportunity to do this? I'll do this for a year. It, it, it solved our situation, our near-term daycare situation. Because then you could focus on your work. I could focus on my work. I had the same support system that many of the men were fortunate to have. And my career kind of accelerated from that point. And my husband fell in love with service, service to others. And so he became a volunteer, community volunteer coach, and was, has always been for the last 20 years so involved with schools, with, um, with the community, with the youth in the community, you know, with the church. And it's just really given back, you know, all of his time to helping others. He's, he's an incredible role model and example for our boys, for so many people. And he's been, you know, he's frankly been, you know, the reason I've been able to have this incredible opportunity. What, I know what an incredibly supportive partner. He is. He's amazing. I mean, he, I never, I always joke because I said, I never thought I'd find some, an, uh, find a man who could be more proud of me than my father. My husband has surpassed that. And, oh, and, and if you met my father, it would be hard to believe. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and quickly, just tell me about your childhood, where you grew up. And yeah. How would you, what's your, you know, memories of your childhood? Tell me a little bit about your family. I had a great family. I had um, my mom and dad. I grew up in Virginia. Uh, my father was an orthodontist. My mom uh, stayed home with myself. I have a sister who is three years younger. Uh, her name's Jill. And we are had, close. We're very close. Yeah, we're super close. She has two little girls now. And, um, and, and, and you know, I, I had a great family. I had a, I had a wonderful upbringing with parents who loved each other, loved us, and, um, you know, taught us the values that grounded us and who we are. And, uh, and I think set an example of family and uh, hard work and love and the things that matter. And I'm just, you know, I'm, re I'm really blessed that I had that kind of upbringing. And, you know, it's funny because you're, you're a mother, I'm a mother. Um, you know, you have, an you, you have such an appreciation for your parents. I especially have an appreciation oh, yes. for my mother, yes. you know, because I remember how I was as a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember she used to always say, I hope one day you have a child just like you. And her wish did come true. Um, but, you know, uh, you really have an appreciation for your parents when you become a parent. Oh, completely. Right. Yeah, I mean, it's hard to imagine before, you know, you, right. you're not a mom yourself. You don't know. You what, just, and my parents, and I remember like. my parents always telling me, you'll never know how much yeah, I, you'll know, yeah. right? <laughs> the day has come. <laughs> it has indeed. And so what do you do to, to relax? I know you exercise, you find a little time. Do you meditate? Can you say so, I, tr I will try anything if it will, you know, my team laughs at me because I tend to, to, I will try any of the latest trends and, and see what's, what, so what's the latest okay. thing you're trying. So I have been, I really love Peloton as, as I said, I've, and so I've been doing that. I, that is, that is, I think we're beyond trend that one I'm, that one I'm committed. I'm, I love yoga. So I've done yoga for many years. I did Bikram yoga for several years. It's a massive time commitment. Uh, you know, it's an hour and a half class. It's an incredible workout. I love vinyasa yoga. So I do yoga and I think yoga is something you can do on the road. I went through transcendental meditation. Um, I went through that class and, and I brought my whole team into that. So I, <laughs> that was, that was one of the things that I, you know, and, and that was really, I learned a lot from that, from transcendental meditation. It's actually an unbelievable tool to help. So that's helpful when you're traveling, when you have jet lag, just day to day. Those are some of the things that, that I've, that I've tried. And you started your own podcast. I started my own podcast. Yeah. So this is very strange for me because I just every all I want to do is start asking you questions right now. Hey, everybody, Jen here and welcome back to A Call to Lead. Well, today we're wrapping up season one with a special final episode of special highlights 
where we're sharing some of our favorite stories, lessons, and So I'm just curious because you focus on a different group, on an interesting group, middle management, it, it's right? It's like middle a motley, career. it's a motley crew. I mean, it's everybody. The point of what I wanted to do is if you look at the profile of leaders today, it's very different. You know, there's not one profile. And so I wanted to bring a very different group of people, a very different group of leaders from all walks, right? And I wanted to bring two things that a lot of maybe emerging leaders haven't, you know, don't yet have. And that's experience. Because experience is just something that comes with time, yes, right? You can't, you can be, the, yeah, and you can be, I mean, trust me. I mean, I, there are so many amazing, smart, incredible people out there, but experience does matter, right? And so the one thing that experience and time give you is wisdom. And so I wanted to bring wisdom through these incredible leaders who have very different backgrounds and experiences through their, through their own experiences, you know, through their own authentic stories of, you know, what, where were their mistakes and what did they learn and what were their secrets? And I thought that that, those were the things that I wish that somebody would have openly shared with me as I was coming up the chain. But again, you know, we weren't as, I think, open that it, it, you know, when I was coming up, it was, it wasn't as, I don't know. I don't know that it was as open and authentic as it is today with people being, um, talking about some of these topics. Well, thank you for being open and authentic and sharing your story. Thank you. It's been so much fun. I appreciate it. That was the co-CEO of SAP, Jennifer Morgan, speaking to me on the sidelines of Bloomberg's The Year Ahead Summit in Davos, Switzerland. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and took away something from her experiences. I know I certainly did. I'll be back next week with another episode of Out of Office. You know where to find us. We are on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, the Bloomberg Terminal and Bloomberg.com. On Twitter, our handle is simply at podcasts. This episode was produced by Laura Carlson. We would love to hear from you, so please send in your feedback. And you can find me at This Is Malika on Twitter. Thank you for listening. You've got the world's highest IQ. Yes, 247. Wow. Did you know that thanks to Salesforce with Einstein AI, everyone's smarter? Now everyone's an Einstein, just like you. But I'm the smartest. Not anymore. With connected data and trusted AI, everyone can give customers experiences they've only dreamed of. Oh, look, here's a few Einsteins now. Hey, hi. Hola, amigo. Everyone's an Einstein? It's okay, Johan. Let it happen. The number one AI CRM. Now everyone's an Einstein with Salesforce. The Hartford understands protecting your business with the proper insurance can be a challenge. The Hartford team can provide coverage to suit your industry. The Hartford empowers mid- to large-size companies like yours to help manage risk, from liability and property insurance to workers' comp and more. Let the Hartford help protect what's unique about your business. Learn how at thehartford.com.